absolutely. And that's why it's important to uh, do this on kind of a 10-year basis, which is kind of what we're trying to do here. Uh, and uh, it's, it's just the 10-year look ahead and a guide for counselor, councils. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere in the internet, WFPR.FM, and on the local Franklin FM radio dial, 102.9. Town Council meeting last night, so we're doing our council quarterbacking session this morning with Town Council Chair Tom Mercer. Tom, good morning. How are you doing? Uh, good morning, Steve. Long time no see. <laughs> yeah, long time. Jeez. Yeah, about 12 hours. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And it was a relatively... Uh, good morning, and... Uh... Great to be back again. Yep. And for the listeners, in case you're new to this, welcome. Um, what we're attempting to do is to kind of condense last night's approximately two and a half hour meeting to, you know, 30 minutes or so. Um, and basically the two questions, you know, what just happened and what does it mean for us Franklin residents and taxpayers? And we'll get into the rest of that. For the rest of the listeners who have been here before, you know what we're about to do. So we'll just dig right in. And you had uh, three key kind of presentations slash announcements last night. So we'll start off with the Senior Center. Uh, it's been a year already for Danielle and Christina, and they've accomplished a bunch. <laughs> they certainly have. And uh, uh, it was uh, just great to have them come forward last night uh, and with their presentation and kind of a five to seven year outlook as to where they uh, uh, where they see us in the next few years and some of the programs that they're uh, looking to continue, some of the programs they're looking to rework, and just the energy that comes from uh, those gals is just magnificent. I, I just love it. Uh, you know, uh, I think towards at my final remarks uh, last night on their presentation uh, was that just the energy they bring and the fact that uh, having chaired the building committee back in uh, whenever that was, 2008, yeah. uh, uh, and the big question mark at that time was how are we ever going to fill this space? And now we're busting at the seams again. The question and has been good. answered in that's spades. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as a frequent visitor, I'm there once, twice, sometimes three times during the week. Uh, the energy is definitely around. It's so gratifying to see so many people doing so many things. And realistically, while I'm there for the writers group, I'm there for my monthly Q&A session, I'm there for the officials breakfast, I go there for lunch and or breakfast occasionally anyway. But you can do card games, you can do exercise, you can have, you know, TED Talks, you can do crafts, you name it. Yeah. <laughs> it's there. And in some cases, because it's not there, oh, by the way, that's part of the plan. <laughs> they're they're going to they're potentially bring something into that. So absolutely you know the cribbage tournaments the you know the garden club uh mm -hmm. uh you Walking know the, rainbow, the new rainbow cafe program that they've yes. got going. Yep. Uh, and 
the coordination with the veterans, which they mentioned, and certainly the coordination with the health nurse and epidemiologists there. That uh, it, it, it really is becoming more than a senior center, but a community center. And I think I'm wholeheartedly in support of that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, the, the uh, adult health health care option, you know, having the nurse up there and having, uh, uh, you know, I know in, in my particular case, uh, my mother had a hearing aid issue and yeah. somebody came in and they mm-hmm. worked with her and uh, it's just phenomenal. The different thing, anything that a senior can need that might need uh whether it's information medical uh you know retirement stuff anything if they don't have the answers they will help you get the answers correct and uh it's just such a great place uh and there's so many exciting things going on uh i think they refer to you know their vision for the senior center or the uh they call it uh, what, what do they call it? SWAT, uh, uh, which is strength, weaknesses, obstacles, and threats. Right. Uh, being you know the, some of the things that they look at, and they're developing their uh, survey, uh, uh, always asking the seniors, "What else can we do? You know, mm-hmm. what would you like to see us do?" Uh, but you just go in and walk around in there and see, uh, you know, the seniors playing pool, uh, playing cards, uh, and, uh, you know, kind of the, uh, one of the laughing points last night was kind of, it's not just bingo anymore, (laughs) (laughs) but they still have bingo. They do still have bingo. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. No. And then. To the extent that we're going to be getting into the budget season, not too much further. The other amazing piece that people we should take the opportunity to remind folks are that effectively only about half, I think it's close to that anyway, of their operating budget is actually funded by the town. The rest is through grants and gifts, which is in itself an amazing accomplishment. Absolutely. And they, they, uh, you know, Danielle made it a point and Christina made it a point last night to make sure that they thank the Fofi or friends of Franklin Franklin Elders, uh, uh, who are just great supporters uh, of the Senior Center and help fund a lot of these different programs. Sure. and it's a great local organization. And again, it's the community working for the community and helping the community. So uh, just uh, wonderful things. And, you know, the supportive daycare program. Uh, yes. That they the, have. Yep. Uh, the dementia and Alzheimer's patients. Uh, yeah. that, that is a key aspect for. And I think they're maxed currently in terms of supporting, what, 15 to 20 folks. Or yes. families to that extent that that's a pretty good program uh, that's a great program not good great it, program it, it is a great program and when it first came came out it was you know the there were federal funds and state funds right. uh that helped support that that program uh now it's more grant writing uh to get the support uh for that program but there there is still out there but there's only so much we can do and only mm-hmm. so many we can help 
but we can certainly uh, continue to work with uh, uh, our seniors in, in these different uh, issues that they have coming up. Uh, you know, one of the other things that was uh, talked about last night was uh, the transportation. And, you know, that's probably the one area that uh, uh, that Danielle and Christina feel that we may be lacking in a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, it's uh, we have a a van minibus uh, in our capital uh, program. It hasn't gotten to the council yet, uh, but the uh, capital subcommittee uh, voted in favor of bringing that forward to the full council. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know the finance committee approved, approved it as well. So I expect that coming to the full council in the next uh probably meetings next or whatever. Meeting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh but just so that people don't you know think that uh once the council approves it the next day the van's going to show up because that's that's not the case there is still a lot of things we have to order the van it takes a while to get it uh then we have to figure out the funding of the uh driver uh driver or drivers drivers and, and, and training and protocol training, yep, yep. And, and all of those things so yeah. uh but you know uh we are moving forward with it and uh there's there's hope on the horizon there's hope on the horizon exactly yeah yeah and speaking of horizons uh more on the waterfront the stormwater piece uh which if we know we've been talking about it for a couple of years although certainly covid kind of put a hiatus on some of the discussions and presentations but uh, you had approved it uh in 2021 i believe for an effective date of 2023 and yo 2023 is here so <laughs> it was time yeah, to kind of refresh it uh, pops up for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that calendar keeps churning along no matter what we try to do, right? Uh, absolutely. And, you know, uh, it just recently, as everyone got their uh, tax bills, uh, there was a little green piece of paper within their tax bill that uh, kind of prepped the fact that uh, the stormwater uh uh, fee or stormwater charge would be uh, upcoming on the on the next tax bill, uh, and a lot of people still don't understand it. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, for you know, no fault of anybody's other than uh, just uh, trying to trying to get the outreach to the community to explain what it is. It's not a uh, uh, it's not a Franklin uh, charge. It's a federal charge, uh, and uh, they have told us that we are in the Charles River uh, Basin, and uh, there is this stormwater fee where we have to clean the, the uh, runoff uh, from the impervious. Uh, pieces of our entire community 
and mm-hmm. this is going to be facing uh, going forward. Um, this we started these presentations. We fought this for a long time. First and yeah. foremost, yeah. Technically, we I actually did take that to, to court. <laughs> exactly, we went to court. We went to Washington, saying we're not in uh, the uh, Charles River uh, Basin. We don't have direct runoff. Uh, but bottom line was we ended up losing, and we are we're on the very outskirts. We're the last community out on this end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are part of it. So right. uh, we have this uh, this fee and this charge that we have to assist the federal government and state government in cleaning the runoff before it goes into the Charles River and then out into... Uh, so here we are, uh, this... In 2020, uh, we're running public hearings, and uh, we ran a couple, uh, one from Franklin, at least one from Franklin TV, and COVID hits. So our avenue that we had planned out for uh, informing the public all about it uh, we did get two of those me- public meetings out there. We have been talking about it, but not everybody tunes into the town council. Not everybody goes on to the website and looks. So uh, what I asked of the uh, administration last night is to put together a uh, stormwater presentation uh everything you ever wanted to know about stormwater in a 10 minute 15 minute uh presentation that we will televise with franklin work with franklin tv and pete and yourself and Mm -hmm. get this up on uh cable access so that people can watch and at least come to understand what stormwater is why we have this problem, why we have this issue, why we have these charges, and what the charges are, will be for each individual, as uh, they can go on to the stormwater portion of our website now, Mm -hmm. uh, and there is a map, and you can click your way through right to your property and see what the, uh, uh, how much impervious uh footage you have for each individual site uh across the community and you can also look up your neighbors Uh, Mm -hmm. and basically what it is is the charge is 18 dollars and i know 1866 uh, uh somewhere in there for every thousand feet of impervious uh footage on your property by impervious your roofs your uh sidewalk your driveway driveway, uh your garage your shed uh all of those where there is impervious runoff uh that's how it's figured the average home is going to be uh one to two units so you're you're not looking at uh you know a crazy number but 
It is a cost. It mm-hmm. is a fee. Uh, people say it's a fee. It's a tax. It's regardless. It is something that we have to pay. You can call it a fee, which is how we refer to it. You can call it a tax. It is a tax. Uh, so uh, we hope to get this presentation onto uh, cable access as quickly as possible uh, because this is all happening come the middle of the year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and part of that, Chloe, the um, there are some steps in mitigation to get credits for that. There's a booklet that's pr- produced, uh, and folks can take advantage of that. Whether it's a rain garden, a rain barrel uh pavers in my case i want to explore that i've got to replace my driveway at some point instead of repaving it with asphalt if i can confine some permeable pavers that would still provide kind of a safe surface and also a snow plowable surface Absolutely. that's that's still a factor um yeah. then it may make sense and the one yeah maybe kind of an upfront cost but i look at it this way i may not be here forever but whoever else is going to use the house can also use that credit going forward. So it may work itself out over time. And I still want to explore that. So, yeah. Yeah, In the the credits there, there's uh, multiple ways of getting credits, but probably the simplest for a homeowner uh, would be a rain barrel. A Mm -hmm. simple rain barrel that you can get to buy from the DPW. Uh, They've sold over 500 of them, I think, to date. Uh, I think that was the number I heard last night. Yeah, I'll concur with that. Yep. uh, But that rain barrel hooked up properly to the gutters and so forth and drainage pipes coming off of uh, your roofs can save you 25% Mm -hmm. uh, just having one rain barrel. Sure. So, uh, you know, and then there are other uh, ways to get credits as well, but that's probably the simplest and most easily understood. Uh, a rain garden uh, uh, is another way to get a uh, uh, a credit. So all of this will be explained uh, and the credit brochure is... All we saw last night uh, was a draft. It hasn't been completed, so therefore it isn't up on the website yet, uh, but it will be shortly. Yeah, it's, a, it's at least part of your agenda documentation, so they can find the draft there. Exactly, exactly. So uh, so the information is out there for the public. Uh, it'll take a little bit for you to uh, uh, access it. Um or you can wait for the presentation and just sit on your couch and watch it on TV mm-hmm. and get a uh, very uh, a much better understanding as to what it's all about and why we have to pay these uh, charges. And clearly the other piece we'll touch on, but the, we're doing this to help save the future because the permit that EPA gives us has more onerous requirements coming down the pike. And we already have budget crunches with our existing pieces. So by incorporating the fee, it creates the separate funds so that from that theoretically, we'll be able to continue to address those needs as they come down the pike. 
and still maintain our other level of services to the town for senior center, schools, library, police, fire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot happening. A lot, a lot going on. Mm. And that gives us a good segue because you also announced. <laughs> it is a very good segue. <laughs> <laughs> you also announced the town council members on the four new committees you already authorized. And some of those, fortunately, are staggered. So they're not all starting at once. Yeah, uh, but they're all no. going to have some key roles to play uh, over the next year, two years. In some cases, in the building committee, that's going to be, what, three or four possibly? So, Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that will be uh, certainly uh, a little while. But the four committee, the four ad hoc committees are obviously the uh, arts and culture, master plan, Davis there reuse, and the police station building committee. So those those are the four committees. And what I wanted to do last night, uh, or we put, we voted to put those committees in place at our last at our January third meeting, and yeah, then January fourth uh, actually, but yeah, January fourth. Yeah, and then. Uh, Last night, I just announced the uh, town council town councilors that will be serving on those three committees in the uh, uh, you know in in either the chair, vice chair, or clerk position. So, with the uh, arts and culture subcommittee, which is one. Uh, one of the two that we kind of put a time frame on uh, in the arts and culture, we're looking for, you know, probably the end of the summer uh, coming forward with uh, some recommendation. And this is kind of a stopgap committee uh, filling the gap between now and maybe when we'll be able to fund an arts director, but trying to bring the different uh uh, organizations together and thinking as a uh, more as a team and uh, looking at our entire uh, cultural, not only cultural district, but uh, the cultural opportunities for the community. And I've asked Councilor Frangillo to chair that committee. Uh, Councilor Cormier Ledger is the vice chair and Councilor Hamblin will be the clerk. Uh, and I hope to get those committees going in the or this one committee going in the next couple of weeks, uh, hoping for a uh, summertime report from them. And hopefully uh, in next year's budget, we'll have the uh, an arts and culture uh, director at least part-time, if not full-time. Mm -hmm. And I think on this one particularly, there's no, quote, public members for that. The public will certainly participate because that's where the feedback and the input is going to be looked for, both from a public perspective as well as the arts and culture organizations themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there are... Uh, you know, they will meet, these three counselors will meet with the different organizations, uh, you know, and just to name a few, uh, the Live Arts Circle of Friends group, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the Franklin Art Association, uh, the high school in Franklin Public Schools. Sure, lifelong uh, learning part of that, yeah, yes. Exactly. Yep. And the Cultural Council, as well as the Franklin Cultural, Cultural District. District. Yep. Uh, you know, the Black Box, uh, uh, Franklin Performing yep. Arts Company and FSPA, that group, uh, Dean College. Sure. Uh, 
you know, those are, you know, six or seven of the different groups that uh, we need to get uh, uh, together, working together to and uh, helping each other uh, identify the different culture and culture, culture and arts opportunities within the community because there is so much and it's growing very quickly. Uh, you know, uh, th there's just so much going on mm -hmm. trying to get it organized through one entity has been a challenge to date. Uh, and this is why we're hoping that this subcommittee will at least start the process, bringing these different organizations, together and uh, working together to help each other and to help and to give so many culture and arts opportunities uh, uh, to the community. So knock on wood, uh, by uh, hopefully by summertime, we'll have a report from them and we'll uh, be moving forward. Yeah, and that sets us up, I believe, deliberately for an input into the master plan, which I believe will be kicking off about in that time as well. Exactly. This is one of, uh, uh, really one of a couple of committees that will be come part of the master plan uh, as that group grows. And I see this committee kind of folding into the master plan committee uh, because it's definitely a piece of it. My concern was that until we got a structure going, it could be even cumbersome for the master plan to deal with it from day one. So I was hopeful, hoping that we put this together so that uh, uh, we at least have a head start when it folds into the master, master plan committee. Right. And again, I think some folks are aware, and I know you are, and I also interviewed, and that interview is out today with uh, Brekeli, uh Goodlander, who's our conservation agent. She's working with the Conservation Commission to work to update the open space and recreation plan, which also is an input into the master plan. So that doesn't really have council involvement per se, but you don't need to do everything. You're going to get the end we result can't. anyway. So trust me, we can't. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So there is a lot happening. Absolutely. Uh, and then yeah. the next, the, the next time frame committee is the Davis there reuse committee. And that's yeah. one that there is, uh, you know, citizen, uh, involvement, uh, you know, uh, I've asked Council Plegri to chair the Davis Thayer Reuse Committee. Councillor Sheridan will be the vice chair, and Councillor Cormier Ledger will be uh, the clerk. And uh, there'll be, you know, a planning board member on it, and you know, five citizens. Uh, uh, some, you know, we we look for an engineer, maybe a cultural. A district person, maybe a you know a business owner, maybe a recreation uh, person, uh, economic development person, uh, you know, with some background in those different areas. Of sure. Kind of how we're looking to maybe put that 
our reuse committee together. Um, so uh, we've put, we've given them a time frame of the end of the year. We would like them, you know, when we do have a consultant on board who is working uh, on a uh, reuse, uh, the different options that we may think about, and they will be working with the subcommittee who will then present a uh, report to the full town council at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And timing of that, I think, is key because that at least decision in future may play into, depending upon what the decision is, your last committee, which is really the police station building slash renovation committee. But that may be an option, but <laughs> that needs to be no, decided it's, it's, as part of your, your scope. Your scope. Sure. For sure. And and obviously, that's one of the uh, ideas that's been uh, brought to the table. So uh, I'm sure they'll be looking at all of them. So it was important to at least uh, get us to that point um, by the end of the year. And then the... Uh, the other committee is obviously, or one of the last two committees, where there is not as much of a rush to put together, mm -hmm. uh, is the master plan committee, uh, which is uh, will be chaired by Councillor Jones, uh, vice chair will be Councillor Frangillo, and the clerk will be Councillor Hamblin. Um, and that's a much larger committee. There's, uh, I believe, six or seven. Uh, I think I recall citizen, six. Yeah, citizens. six citizen representatives, a couple of planning board representatives. GBA, uh, I have somebody in GBA, there, I think. conservation. You know, they, they're all. Uh, so that will be being put together over the next few months. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Uh, Hopefully, we'll be up and running late spring uh, uh, so that uh, we start going. The last time we did a master plan was, I believe, 2003 or... Uh, uh, 2013 was the publication. So I think you started, yeah. what, 2010, 2011? Because it, it was about an 18-month yeah. process. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, and Councilor, uh, then Councilor Roy... Current yes. state representative Roy, I uh, chaired the, our last uh, master plan committee. So uh, these are uh, this is something that uh, kind of gives us some guidance as we move forward. Uh, and you know, for some people, it's kind of like the five or ten year look ahead is basically uh, what the master plan committee does put together. So uh, looking forward to that getting going. And then the last committee is the police station building committee. And uh, obviously. Uh, I think the chair in that case has had some building committee experience. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I, I was kind of uh, uh Asked if I would uh, certainly sit as chair of that committee, having had uh, some experience with uh, building committees and um, building some municipal buildings. Mm -hmm. Councilor Chandler will be the vice chair. Councilor DeLarco will be the clerk. Uh, and again, this is 
something we've been talking about for a few years. Uh, you know, this is probably uh, two or three, maybe even four-year committee uh, by the time all is said and done. Uh, there's many things that uh, have to happen before we get to any uh, construction of a new building, but mm -hmm. we have certainly uh, outgrown and uh, our current police station is dated uh, for sure. And, mm -hmm. um, so we've identified that as a need and uh, we're putting a group together to start looking at how we deal with that need. So that's the kind of uh, uh, the four committees uh, in a nutshell. Uh, I know the town administrator will be putting out some uh, information to the public for those interested in maybe serving on one of the more of those committees. Uh, there'll be an application process. That process, the uh, town administrator and the administration will re review the uh, applicants and then will come forward with recommendations to the town council who will have ratification, who will ratify the appointments that the town administrator uh, suggests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think this is an opportunity as well. We've had a few, but, you know, citizen engagement, this is the time when if you have some say, you can either make input or actually truly put hands and elbow grease to the to the work in participating in the committee, because specifically with the master plan, which, as we mentioned just in this discussion, it really is the culmination of other committee works, et cetera. But the master plan really sets the plan, your priorities for the town, for the administration to execute, but then you effectively to use as a guideline in determining the budget. So what are we going to do? Are we Are going to do trails? How are we going to do that? Where are we going to do fields? How are we going to do that? Where? Um, zoning changes. I mean, there, it really is the master plan. It's really the guideline for what Franklin is going to be determined for, you know, to be accomplished in the next 10 years. Absolutely. And that's why it's important to uh, do this on kind of a 10 year basis, which is kind of what we're trying to do here. Uh, and uh, it's, it's just the 10 year look ahead and a guide for counselor councils, because as time goes on, uh, counselors change uh -huh. uh, and new ones come on. And it's so having been a new one many years ago, uh, uh, 10 or so years ago, I can tell you that uh, this, the master plan was a great guide for me as a new counselor coming on that uh, to help me see where prior councils and uh, administrations see our community for the next 10 years. Yeah, with so, the community input, clearly, that's that's oh, one of the key pieces for sure. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Good. Well, thank you for taking time to recap and condense last night's <laughs> meeting. People will be able to, you know, tap into the uh, cable replays, uh, it's up on YouTube. They'll be able to capture that play. Um, but here they get some of the little insights and backgrounds as to, oh, why do we do that? <laughs> what are we setting up for? 
Absolutely. And uh, uh, again, uh, thank you, Steve, for uh, doing these quarterbacking sessions. Uh, hopefully uh, people tune in and people listen and get the shorter version. And anybody looking for the full uh, presentations can uh, go online and go to uh, uh, you know Franklin Matters, Franklin TV, uh, there's many opportunities for them to see the full presentations if that's what they're looking for. And I would say to the uh, people listening, go on, click on, find our agenda from last night and look at the senior center presentation. Yeah. Look at the stormwater presentation. Uh, there's great information there and you can look at it in your own free time whenever you have it to uh to review yep and certainly for a specific i'll reinforce that from a stormwater piece clearly look at the impervious coverage and dpw and kate and Derek and brutus last night they're waiting your phone calls with questions <laughs> yes they're, they are they're waiting for them and they do recommend do it before it'll be much easier clearly there'll still be some adjustments later abatements whatever but try to do as much of it beforehand because it'll help prove the process. This is the first time we're going through it and we need to figure it out. Absolutely. Yes. And again, a final reminder for the listeners. Thank you for listening. We do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin public radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.